A podcast? Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Use weapons. Here's what I know about divorce. You know, I actually know a lot about divorce. The the uh, fortunate slash unfortunate nature of what I've done over the last d- decade uh, or more is I talk to people about their lives, and based on divorce uh, statistics, it's a lot of people. Here's what I know about divorce. Back to my uh, original uh, comment. You take one household, and then you try to take the same amount of income that's in that household and create two households. That is the financial problem with divorce. So there's a, when the divorce happens, uh, 10,000 things are going wrong. And maybe the divorce is hopefully or something trying to make it right. I, I, don't, I don't get involved with that. But I know this. You're taking one income, one household income, which supports one household. And then you're trying to create two households out of that same income pool. Really hard to do. It's really hard to do. So anytime I look at a divorce situation, that's the, the only lens I look at it through. I try to make sure emotions don't ruin decisions. I try to make sure that people uh, don't f- fight for the house, which is always the big mistake. Well, we want to keep the house. Okay, so you're going to have less income as a household and you want to keep the house uh, with less income. Generally a bad idea. So anyway, this uh, week we talked to Judy. Judy's coming off a divorce in a pretty good situation. She's in a pretty good situation uh, it turns out, as she will tell you, being married is expensive. Uh, and so she just needs some rules to live by. Her, her uh, million-dollar day is not looking too bad. So enjoy. Uh, don't forget, you can go to the Pete the Planner bookstore and uh, buy one, get one. Buy a, a book, your Money Life series for a loved one, uh, whatever decade of their life uh, they're in, if they're in 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s, whatever, or 60s. Buy them a book. And then you get one for yourself half off. Just use the code JOLLYPTP, as in Pete the Planner. JOLLYPTP. All right, everybody. Here's Judy. Stop what you're doing. And hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revamp the camp again. Put down the stamp again. Talk to my fans again. We welcome Judy to the Million Dollar Plan. Hello, Judy. Hello. So, Judy, um, you are trying to get focused on your financial life, you've had some recent uh, big changes, and uh, which means you now need to buckle down and have some direction. Fill us in with all the details, if you would. Well, um, earlier this year, I went through a divorce, which um, it actually went fairly well, as well as these things can go. Um, we had very little debt. Uh, we had plenty of equity in both of the homes. Uh, we just went ahead and split and each took a home. Okay. Um, so that, I think, has worked out well. So can I, can I stop, get a timeout? How, so you had two uh-huh. homes, 
um, one was like a vacation home or something, or was one a rental home? Like how did how did that work? Well, it, it was kind of uh, it was a vacation home that was it, it was something that had been passed down through the family. Okay. And um, my grandparents, my grandfather passed away, and my grandmother couldn't uh, support having that resource available to the whole family anymore, and we could. So um, we bought it from her at sort of the grandma rate, which oh, was a very good, rate. very good price. Did you have to um, buy it? Then, o- you have to buy it over dinner at like four p.m. and she gave you hard candies at the closing table. Is that the grandma? <laughs> no. Um, not exactly, okay, sorry. but um, but she did give us, you know, she she told it to us for you know a really good price, and we financed a portion of it, and then uh, so that she could you know enjoy her retirement, and then we maintain that as sort of a, it's sort of a resource for the rest of the family, like I, you know my sisters, my parents, um, his my ex husband's children, like their family gets to go up there, and then um. Then at the same time, I do uh, rent it out. Um, like through the week, I do short-term vacation rentals, like Air- Airbnb type of thing. Oh, okay. Wow. And so, help me understand. Uh, how old are you right now? I'm 34. 34. And do you have any children? I do not. Okay. Uh, I married a man with children, and then was married for 10 years, and so we didn't have children of you know together. So we just raised his kids, but they're grown now. So. And so, sort of is, at it, loose ends. is it fair to say you have no then financial parenting responsibility for anyone right now? That is true, though. Um, they're both. So our our son is he'll be nineteen here coming up. He's going to school. Like I have my extra, like my fun car that I was sort of wanting to sell. Now I'm just kind of saving that for him. I okay. helped his sister with her car when um, when she went to college and, and things like that. Just. Um, just trying to be helpful, but but you are correct that there are no like daily parenting financial responsibility. How, what's your annual income right now? Uh, shoot, I think it's it's not quite fifty five. I think it's about fifty four thousand a year. Do you view and some people? I feel like everyone actually says this when they get divorced, no matter their income level. They say, "Well, I'm trying to get back on my feet financially," but sometimes that's not the case. People are are fine financially. How do you, when you think about your financial life in relation to the divorce, do you view it as you're trying to reestablish yourself or you feel like, well, I'm actually fine. I just need a few rules here and there. I would say more the latter. Okay. Um, I'm fine. It turns out being married was kind of expensive yes, for me I know. somehow. Uh, my uh, ex-husband is self-employed and uh, he's a general contractor, which mostly just didn't ever seem like he was making as much money as it looked like on paper. And so now I have a full income all to myself and I'm kind of like, I'm, I only have a couple, you know, directions to put it in. And, but once I get these things paid off, I'm sort of like, I don't, like I, I I do, I need some rules. I need, I need to, I want to be effective with my money, but I don't want to obsess over it and spend tons of time thinking about it all the time. How much money do you have saved for the long-term future right now? Um, right now, let's see, I printed this out. Yes. I've got about 100000 in retirement. Okay. I've Plus then um, I have about 100000 in equity in the lake house. And then I've got about 5000 in emergency savings and 1000 in midterm savings just because um, I had purchased a car that I'm trying to pay off. 
what, how much do you put towards retirement on a monthly basis right now? Right now, I do a 3% match uh, through my company, and then I just yearly, I max out a Roth IRA. All right. So you're putting, you have $55,000 worth of income. You are putting, they're putting in 3%. You're putting in 3%. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm just doing the math I didn't on that. my check stub. That's all right. Look at that. All right. Hold on a second. This is, this is when I do live math on the podcast. And people <laughs> love this. They're like, whoa, I will, I will give this a high rating. That's what people yeah. do. You need like a drum roll. Yeah, kind it, of. It, does, it does feel that way. Um, all right. So uh, here we go. Sorry about this. All right. So you are at a total of $691 a month. Uh, towards your hundred thousand dollars, which makes you a millionaire, because everyone loves this. November twenty, <laughs> November twenty ninth, of twenty thirty seven, November twenty ninth. Which, by the way, is my, oh wait, December twenty ninth of twenty thirty seven is the date, because November twenty ninth is my birthday, and so I got excited and distracted. But the actual number is December twenty ninth, twenty thirty seven. <laughs> so how how's that how's that strike? You will be a millionaire, uh, excluding the. Uh, equity within your your property uh, on 2037. Does it seem like far away or not or what? Um, I don't know. I feel like it puts me maybe in the middle of the pack. Okay. I'm not sure. It doesn't like excite me in any grand way because I, I don't like, what do you do with that? Like, okay, well, I'm a millionaire. Well, I still am going to go about my regular life. <laughs> yeah. You'll be tw- uh, 55 years old. Right. So here's the, that's an interesting way you say that, right? It's like, th- that's interesting. But the, the reality is you have to be a millionaire or your retirement's going to be hot garbage. Like right. that's, that's sort of the, the utility of it all. Because even if you keep doing exactly what you're doing, by the time you are uh, 67 years old, you will have, uh, let's see, uh, you're 30. You will have... $2,800 in take-home pay, $2,800 in take-home pay in today's dollars uh, for retirement income. Which is not much less than what I bring in a month now. And so do you have the house payment now? You say you have the $100,000 in equity. Do you, in fact, make a house payment? I do. I make a house payment and a rent payment because uh, I can't live in that house because it does not heat. So you are... You know what? You're pretty pretty darn close, right? I mean, you're pretty darn close to being on track for retirement. Now, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, as you get pay increases and then that puts more into your account, then you're fine. Um, I think the question for you, and not to put words in your mouth, but the question for you should be, what other financial goals need funded between the age 34 and age 67? Yeah, and that really is the big question for me because I don't know. And I think like... In over the next several years, I expect those to change dramatically, and I'm just trying to figure out. Well, you know, what are the easy or what are the sort of straightforward things? I guess not easy, but the straightforward things I can do to prepare when those goals come up. Like, what if I get remarried? What if I do have children? Like, I mean, obviously, I'm going to need to start putting money away. I don't know that that necessarily points at putting all that money in retirement if you know, my family circumstance could change at the drop of a hat. So I'm going to agree with that assessment. I think if you're going to assign uh, future dollars to something, assigning future dollars to retirement is not the best idea. 
So by the way, let me clarify that. Keep doing what you're doing, but if extra mm -hmm. money comes on top of doing what you're doing, then I would fund your midterm goals, uh, maybe a different housing situation, but whatever, whatever you want. I just don't think you get a lot of flexibility with hammering even harder at retirement right now. Okay. Cause that was a big question for me. I, I honestly, I don't use, I mean, I have about a thousand dollars, 700 to a thousand dollars a month sort of left over. Mm -hmm. I get paid once a month, which is really handy, but, um, you know, I don't use it all. And so I have to assign it all these different goals. So I'm trying to get this car paid off, you know, pretty quickly. And then, um, build my emergency fund back up to, you know, something substantial. Uh, and then I'm sort of, okay, then what do I do? I could redirect some of that money to go into my um, company IRA so that I'm doing more than the 3% match, but I don't know that that's the best option. I can't believe I'm saying this, and I feel like I might get some sort of card revoked, but I also don't think that's the best option. I, I, think, <laughs> I think building that middle, once you pay off the car, which I agree, once you build up the emergency fund, which I agree, I think really building up that middle bucket is where it's at for you because I think it's ridiculous that you are just going to fund something that you can't touch to your 59 and a half when it is arguably adequately funded. And so I think you, you just create what we call flexibility. Like the middle bucket you describe is anything of course, above your emergency fund and not retirement. It, it uh -huh. is flexibility and that's what you've earned and that's what you need. Okay. Now what that money is, I mean, it could be a robo advisor account. I mean, you can get a Vanguard account. I mean, some sort of online, easy to administer account, or you could even get a financial advisor involved to tell you what to do on a monthly basis with that thousand dollar a month margin. Okay. So right now I have a series of Vanguard accounts, um, but they're all retirement based. Mm-hmm. So I could just open up one that's just like a regular money market and throw money at it. Good question. And not exactly. Uh, you could open up a money market, but I, I think that you probably need to take a harder swing at it than a money market. I think you need to open what's called a non-qualified, which means non-retirement uh, account. And you can actually still invest um, and, and still invest in the market, but you would just want to be in something that's tax sensitive. I, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to just fill up a giant money market account because your money's not going to grow. That's not going to create flexibility for you. Mm -hmm. I, I think you need to be invested, but you need to be invested in something that's tax sensitive. Does that make sense? Or if it doesn't make sense, yeah. ask me because I want to make sure that I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm clarifying that because I don't feel like I'm saying that very clearly. Um, I, I, I think that you're, you're fine. I'm just, I'm just making notes and like pondering at the same time. No, that's all right. I never take notes because I can't, I can't listen when I take notes. I had to stare at a person. This is not to suggest that I'm currently staring at a picture of you while we're talking because that would be creepy and I'm not. Uh, I'm, now that I've said that, it sounds like I am, but I'm not because that would be creepy. You've sort, of, you sort of created that imagery now. I really everyone. did. Like Thank Now you. I'm convinced that I'm doing that despite the fact that I'm not. I'm staring at the million-dollar plan calculator that we've created on Excel, and it feels... So what else can I help you with? <laughs> um, so here's a fun question. This is totally unrelated to uh, to what we had been talking about. But so so the car, the fun car. Sure. What is the fun uh, car? My, like a Miata? No, 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 no. Well, I mean, it's it's an old car. It's a '98 uh, Ford Contour SVT model. 
That's fun. I've had I've had a couple of these. Okay. They're um, they're Ford special vehicle team cars. They're oh. really fun. They're tuned to drive. Like they handle really well. Uh, the suspension is different. It's a little five speed. It's got you know lots of low end torque. It's a really fun car. They're terrible to care for just because um, you can't get parts for them anymore. They discontinued them a long time ago. And um, but but I have one, and that's what I have been driving for a long time. When I uh, when I started traveling more, when I got divorced, and I this was my only car now. It was not sensible to drive this silly car um, for work purposes, like for five-hour trips, like around and about the Midwest. Okay. And so, which is why I bought the boring hatchback Focus. Um, and so, I had given my son a car um, he, when he turned 16, and it was the older version. It was my older um, fun car. It was the same exact car, only it was silver. And it had about 275,000 miles on it. And then, you know, he's a teenager. He's a 16-year-old boy. He flipped it. It wasn't actually entirely his fault. Sure. So now I have the second one that I'm no longer driving. It's just sort of sitting around. I could sell it, probably make some decent money off of it. Or I could give it to him. But... It feels like, just in terms of car value, like it's a lot to just hand a kid. And What's it worth? Know, uh, oh, probably maybe six, five, six thousand dollars. So, first of all, I'm just floored, and no offense, I'm floored that a 1998 Ford Contour is like a desirable. Like you've painted the picture as though it's like a limited edition Mustang. Like, and I'm now looking online at pictures of that, not you. It turns out this is like. This is like a thing. I had no idea. I'm in it shock. It is. This is a thing. When this car, the one that I have now, um, when this car came up for sale, I got a direct call from the dealership. Somebody was like, you would not believe what just drove onto my lot. You need to get here right away. Um, because these things never come up for sale. And this had, this car had 16,000 miles on it. And I bought it like two years ago. Someone had parked it in a barn and just looked at it for 10 years and then uh, they traded it in for a new Taurus SHO, which so, of course. So, so if, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you've knew that a Ford contour SVT was a thing, find me on Twitter at Pete, the planner and put, yes, I knew a Ford contour SVT is a thing. Cause I'm in the camp of you. I, I couldn't be more surprised honestly than <laughs> what I am right now. Like I, I know nothing about cars, but, I do know that I didn't know that a Ford Contour SVT is, is an exciting thing, but it is, and it's a fun car. So here's my answer to your question. <laughs> my answer is, I think, I don't know, five to $6,000. I don't know what a, a teenager car costs. I, I, that seems like a reasonable amount of money to spend on a car, even if you sold it and then like gave him a car for 4000 bucks to, or money $4,000 to buy a car. I mean, what's the difference? No. I just I was never allowed to have a car that nice. Like this eight thousand dollar Focus that I bought, that's like the nicest car I've ever had, like by far. So, do you just feel compelled to because you helped out his sister to to help your stepson? Is that is that sort of the idea? No, There's no obligation. No, I don't think it's an obligation. It's just I, he drove. He had the the other one, and and he liked it so much. And I was like, oh, now I have this one, and I don't drive it. Like it's silly to just have it sit here. But then, of course, I would have to do something for his sister because I think we only played 
paid 32 for her car, and it's an escort. Nothing fancy. We're just, I'm not a fancy car person. I'm a cheap car person, which I guess is why I've paid everything off and put money in my retirement. And <laughs> Well, you have. I mean, apparently you guys are also the uh, focus group for Ford Motor Company. Like it's... We, we also have a 65 Mustang. Um, uh, I mean, we're all Ford people. Yeah. Well, hey, that's great. We're only, yeah. I don't know. I mean, frankly, from what you've told me, I wouldn't feel compelled one way or the other to, to get get him a car but it's not for me to say other than i guess i could weigh in on it since it's my podcast right i guess that's how it works uh what else i since i uh, didn't answer that question anything else i cannot answer for you (laughs) um unless you want to wade into the the midwestern 30 something dating market then i think oh my god look i don't want to picture a paint a bad picture for you but i'm i'm also in my mid-30s and I would have no idea. Like I, I don't. I would. I it's don't so know. It's so terribly confusing. It's it's been ten years since I've done this, and I was like, texting was the new thing. Okay, so and I can I'm weigh like, in on this. I, I have a coworkers uh-huh. that are in their thirties and that they are dating and things. The texting thing, in terms of forming a relationship around tech, that's like a whole thing. People do that, and it's like, I'm not comfortable with that. that. That's how I met my husband, actually. What? Texting was new, and, like, we didn't get to see each other very much. And so we would text, was sort of, because I was up late at night, and he was an early morning riser kind of person. And that was, like, the only way we could keep in touch on a regular basis. So that I'm comfortable with, but I just feel like it's gone off the deep end since then. I got to think. I mean, I, I, you just go to, like, a Whole Foods and hang out, no? I mean, I, I don't know... But then you're finding people that spend we too much on food. We live in fancy places like Carmel, okay? <laughs> well, they, there's Whole Foods in other places than Carmel. There's, there's not. But here's the thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I look, if if I had a podcast about dating, um, for, no one should listen to it because I have no idea. Oh my gosh! Now I feel like I need to go work out or something. Like I don't know what to do. Maybe that's what it is. You like go to a fitness place and people are all fit. Is that what you do? Well, no, no, no. I think I need to go hang out at banks and look for people who are financially responsible, right? Well, they wouldn't waste their time at a bank. Well, that's true. I don't Where know. Where do you find financially responsible people? Whole Foods. At home. Oh. At home, not, oh. not spending too much money on groceries or, you know, clothes. Probably in the Ford Contour SVT chat rooms. Yeah, it could be. There's a lot of winners in there, I'm sure. <laughs> well, um, I'm glad I was able to uh, weigh in on your financial life and your dating life. And um, I think some of the answers were good. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else uh, other than uh, your dating life that I can maybe answer? <laughs> no, I, I think you, you mastered the, uh, the whole slate at this point. December 29th, 2037, you will be a millionaire, which comes in handy because you're going to need it. And the reality is you have properly funded retirement thus far. Extra dollars going forward should not go towards retirement. They should go to flexibility, not a money market account, likely a, an investment that is tax uh, non-qualified. And there is the summation of what you should do. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, bud. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money life, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for 
information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning the flights. Consult a financial divisor. Release from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET. Word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it?